Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, hey, good afternoon, everybody. Scott Luton and the one and only Billy Taylor here with you on today's live stream on Supply Chain Now. Billy, how you doing? I'm doing great. Happy Friday. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> hey, it, it, has, it has been quite a week. I know for everybody, including you, it is so neat to have you back. You made such a big ripple effect across our community with your last appearance that we just had to get you back. And it is such an honor to to uh, have you co-host me here today on the Manufacturing Leadership Series in partnership with our friends at AME. Well, thank you for having me. I had a great time the first episode and also had just as much fun engaging offline. So there were several of the audience members that continued to reach out to me. And so, Scott, it was phenomenal for me as well. Awesome. Awesome, awesome to hear. Well, hey, I don't know if you can let the cat out of the bag, but you shared a, a cool project you were working on pre-show can, can we let people know what, what you're about to be publishing? Yes, I'm really taking a hiatus to, to publish a book. Uh, it's, it's a new generational type lean. How do we engage the new workforce, right? The workforce that works and lives at the same time, right? It's a different from when I was growing up, right? I worked to live. And so how do you engage in the now, right? With social media, people want technology to let them know how they're performing right now. How do they do continuous improvement projects that gives them instant feedback? Also instant recognition. So this book will be around modern day lean processes and techniques. Love it. And with your trademark sense of humor, Billy, which we yes. love. It will have that as well. That's right. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll all be on the lookout for that. So today is all about manufacturing leadership. Again, with our friends, AME, the Association for Manufacturing Excellence. We continue this series where we're focusing across really across the manufacturing industry with a big heavy dose of uh, emphasis on what's taking place here in the States. But really it's a global conversation as we all know these days, Billy Taylor, who's with us here actually when, when uh, amongst other things, he also serves on the board of directors for AME and he's got it. Uh, as we learned last time, an incredible background in manufacturing leadership, which he brings to the table. So Billy, we're going to make a few announcements and, and then we're going to dive in with an incredible guest. So folks get ready. We've got the one and only Peggy Gulick from Kohler, a repeat guest that's joining us here today. To get her and Billy in one conversation, man, we got to get some popcorn and a Diet Coke, Billy. This is going to be a great one. Great yes, one. it is. All right. Well, let's do some work first, and then we're going to say hello to a few folks, and then we're going to dive into the conversation. So for starters, I want to invite. So we all know what's taking place in India as our friends over there. In some cases, our family over there, they're fighting the second wave of the pandemic. So we're really, there's a lot of great organizations doing some really important work to get supplies over on the front line. So we're supporting Vector Global Logistics and a nonprofit called VIPA in their efforts to get critical supplies over there. So we'd encourage you, check out VIPA.org, V-I-B-H-A.org. Every dollar in that case goes to the good fight. And if you're a supply chain leader or industry leader and you've got some perhaps some ways some wherewithal you can you can marshal resources or jump into the fight hey shoot our friends at, at vector a note at india at vectorgl.com 
and let's get creative. Let's get figure out how we can help people in need. So we appreciate y'all's support there. Now, on a much, much lighter note, we've got our next webinar here at Supply Chain Now coming up on June 8th. And as we all know, one of the silver linings about this pandemic environment is it's been fueling real practical, successful innovation. So join us on the 8th as Tracy Rosser with Transplay shares some of his observations when it comes to supply chain innovation. That's Billy, that's been one of our favorite silver linings to this whole tough time, right? Yes. The lessons learned is the, is the upside, right? How do we connect virtually? How do we actually continue to motivate and engage virtually? There are several lessons learned through the supply chain network of innovation through this process. Agreed. Yeah. And the lessons learned, they keep on coming. But the key is leaders that learn and apply based on what they've learned. So we're going to learn a lot more about that on June 8th. And then finally, before we say hello to a few folks, we want to share the good news of this event here. So this is all about Sea Chuck in action. So Six River Systems and our friends at Project Bird have getting together for a pretty cool event, May 19th and 20th. And, and Clay, I believe we've got a little video that tees us up, right? Hello, this is Zach Isbell with Six River Systems. We're letting you know that at Project Vert next week, May 19th and 20th, we will be hosting open house for any of you that are interested. Please let us know in attending. Multiple one-hour sessions will be hosted to promote a safe distance while you're here. Thank you. Hey, it's just that easy. It's straight to the point, Billy. I like that. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we were part of an event not too long ago where they did a virtual site tour of of that highly automated center. And it really, we got a ton of feedback around it. So we're we're delighted to be part of that again, uh, showcasing some of the the latest and greatest robotics uh, that's helping the retail industry keep up with the huge demands there. So, and Amanda Clay, I believe for that event, we've got the a link in the show notes. So let's make sure we make it easier for folks to join in. Okay. So Billy, now that we've got our work done, we can get to the good stuff. Let's say hello to a few folks. You ready? Yes, I am. All right. So for starters, Ale is tuned in. Great to have you back from Sudan. Ale, we missed you earlier this week and hope this finds you and your family well. Wow. Mahesh is tuned in via LinkedIn. Great to have you here. Mahesh Shannon is back. She says, hello, I've been missing out. So glad to be here again. Hey, Shannon, welcome back. And hopefully you brought your voice with you because Billy and Peggy are going to be challenging you uh, (laughs) to tell us what's going on your end. Peter Bolay, all night and all day, is back. He says, good good afternoon (laughs) in his best Robin Williams voice. Well, hey, carpe diem, Peter. Seize the day indeed. Michael Masinde. It says awesomes from LinkedIn. Great to have you here with us, Michael. Thanks so much for joining. Leonardo is with us here today. Happy Friday. Hey, we made it through another week, Leonardo. Great to have you here via LinkedIn. Shrinivas is back. Hello, everyone from India. Hey, Shrinivas, hope, wow. hope you and your family are doing well and uh, appreciate all of, all of your engagement through these live streams uh, throughout this week. Let's see. This might be, and Amanda and Clay, y'all correct me, this might be Jeff Puma one of our friends from AME. So Jeff, if this is you, uh, welcome in today. And let's see who else we've got here. Odair, Odair, great to have you via LinkedIn. Thanks so much for joining us. Tell us tell us where you're dialed in from, Odair. We'd love to know. Mash, it's an honor. Uh, it says, thanks, Scott, for telecasting this and supporting India in pandemic situations. Hey, you know, I think one of the other silver linings, Billy, as we have globally fought through this pandemic is how it does bring 
bring us together, bring our leaders together, bring our governments together. And, and regardless where it's, you know, flaring up at, at any moment in time throughout this, this tough time, you know, it, it's bringing the world together. And I think that's, that's a great thing in it. I agree. And like one of my favorite sayings, is if you make people visible, they'll make you valuable, right? That's mm-hmm. at that point, that value proposition on how you treat people, the value of respect. So, you know what, Mahesh, thank you for reaching out to us. It's greatly appreciated. So boomerang back at you. That's right. Well said there, Billy. Sylvia. Hello, Sylvia. She says traffic is now a nightmare on John's Island. Thanks to the PGA. I gladly work from home today. Well, Sylvia, I guess that that is the is that the PGA championship in John's Island, or it might be a different event, but regardless, hopefully you're able to stay out of the traffic and hopefully have, keep some gasoline in your, your, your gas tank, right? <laughs> Let's see here. Sandra is with us from Lima, Peru. Great to have you here. Sandra via LinkedIn. Thanks so much and, and look forward to your contributions. Sylvia says strawberries are in. So strawberry jam is in production. Billy, she's got a, a jam production line in her home there. Yeah. Send us a little bit. Uh... <laughs> you know, it's so funny. We all, we all challenged Sylvia around that and she actually sent Greg some of her, I think it was blueberry jam. So she asked and, and it shall be delivered. Idowu. And if I said that wrong, I apologize, but thanks so much for joining here via LinkedIn. And we're looking forward to your contributions from Nigeria, Adowu. Okay. So thanks to everybody. We'll try to get as much POV in from all the folks that are tuned in from what we call very lovingly the cheap seats. But Billy, we got to get to work today. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Well, let's introduce our guest. So Peggy Gulick has spent years driving change, leading teams, and truly innovating Uh, in the consumer markets and the manufacturing industry. Prior to her current role, she served in key roles for Agco Corporation, including Director of Digital Transformation. I couldn't imagine having that title. No thanks. Uh, (laughs) Director of Strategy and Transformation also, both for Agco Corporation. She's accumulated, as you might expect, uh, if you've heard her earlier interviews with us, tons and tons of accolades, including being recognized as one of the top 20 women in manufacturing. But for Peggy, and this is one of my favorite things about her, she's proudest of the teams and the people she's worked with and won with. So please welcome, please join me in welcoming Peggy Gulick, Director for Smart Factory at Kohler. Peggy, good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Hi, Billy. Hi, Scott. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Well, we are so happy to have you. I'll tell you, as I mentioned when you were still in the green room to have you and Billy here, part of the same conversation, it's going to be energizing. And I think there's, it's going to offer lots of really practical perspectives. So great to have you both here. Uh, I want to close the loop here. Sylvia says PGA Kiwa Island is where a big tournament Charleston area is hmm. taking place. So, Hey, keep your head down, Sylvia. I tell you, and Michael is in Kenya. I would ask Michael where he was tuned in from. So hello, Michael and Prashana, maybe if I got that wrong, I apologize. Hello, from Nepal. Welcome in. Okay. So Billy and Peggy, we're going to start on a lighter note here, right? We like to, there's so many national and international days of the Mm. year. And today is a couple interesting ones. Uh, On the fun side, it is (laughs) national buttermilk biscuit day. Had had no idea. It sounds like a great day. Let every day be this. So (laughs) where is your, so Peggy, let's start with you. Where's your favorite place to get either biscuits or bread or even breakfast? Well, we'll take whatever answer you got. Mm, so obviously bread, you know, Europe, San Francisco, sourdough, but biscuits at home. And I think I need some of that jam that your your guests are making today to uh, apply to that biscuit. 
I like how you think. Sylvia, I tell you, you're a popular person around these times. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'll, Billy, I'll same, send my address. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, same question. Biscuits or bread or even breakfast? What, what, what's a can't miss? That's kind of a, a trick question, right? My wife's kitchen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going with the safe answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is she? So is she a, a, a tried and true biscuit maker? Absolutely. She's a great cook. Great cook. You know, when I'm not at home, it's IHOP. But when I'm at home, it's at my wife's kitchen. I love that. Uh, and I'm with you, except when I'm not at home, Waffle House. Waffle House is a staple uh, in our house for sure. That's good. Really quick here, Guillermo joined in from Argentina. Welcome, welcome, wow. welcome via LinkedIn. So thanks for joining us. Mm -hmm. Okay. So on a, uh, a little more serious note. We all need a lot more civility, you know, across the globe, given all that we're fighting through and, and goodness gracious, you know, we know politics, we got to ha have more civil conversations. So that's really, it's neat that May is known as International Civility Awareness Month. I love that. But here's a question, serious question for you, Peggy. Is civility on the decline? And Peggy, I'll, I'll start with you. Sorry. So is civility on the decline? Yes. With visibility to it, I would hope not, right? I mean, I, I agree with you. We had a pre-show discussion, and I believe it should be acknowledged every day, not just not just in May, right? right. So, I, you know, I'd have to put in the answer from my, the state of mind I'm in is I, I certainly hope not. There's enough visibility on it now that I would hope that it is not on the decline like how you think. Very optimistic. And Billy, same question to you. And then I also want to get both of y'all to speak to kind of how y'all practice it. So Billy, yeah. where do we stand in the, the civility measure? I think I'm going to kind of go parallel with Peggy as well. When you look at the exposure that's being placed on civility, it's, it's, it's at the top of the list now of discussion. And at, at, at least with my friends and my colleagues that I engage with in operations, now, it's not only at the forefront, but how we're going about it, right, addressing it. And that's a respect for people, respect for differences, respect for day-to-day -day life of how people live. And, and, and so it, it, it's getting the exposure and it's getting the action today, I believe, of my colleagues that I work with on a day-to-day -day basis. Love that. Well, let's and, and circling the loop there back to Peggy. So Peggy, what any, you know, Billy spoke about respecting each other, respecting the differences, which is so important. Any other pr best practices when it comes to civility come to your mind? So supporting each other and supporting differences, right? I mean, that's another thing that day-to-day -day diversity and inclusion, I think we're, and I think we're past speaking to it now. We're all living and trying to uh, surround ourselves with that, that difference, right? That diversity that comes in beyond the inclusion, the inclusion piece. But, you know, I think we did it at our homes daily. And I think now that from a corporate perspective, an enterprise perspective, a global and cultural perspective, it's, I would hope, embedded in our values and our beliefs in our systems. I love, that. I love that. Okay. So before I give the baton back to Billy, as we dive deeper in Peggy's background and her journey, I want to share two things. First thing I want to share is y'all remember Ted Koppel from Nightline, right? So he's got this great quote that I stumbled across earlier this week. And he says, quote, aspire to decency, practice civility toward one another, admire and emulate ethical behavior wherever you find it, apply a rigid standard of morality to your lives. And if periodically you fail, as you surely will, adjust your lives, not the standards. In quote. I love that from Ted Koppel. All right. I'm going to say hello to a few folks. And then Billy, I'm going to pass the baton. Scott Figura loves how you played the biscuit 
question, Billy. So we're all still going to steal that that approach from you. Sylvia says Cali's Biscuits in Charleston is a place not to be missed. So I think I've heard of that somewhere. Uh, Sylvia, somewhere along the way. Elisha from Alberta, Canada is joined us as well via LinkedIn. Great to have you here. Looking forward to your POV. And Charles Heater is back with us. Charles, I think you were with us uh, yesterday or maybe even a couple times this week. I look forward to your contributions in today's live stream. Okay. So, Billy, where are we going next with Peggy? Oh, Peggy, well, one, congratulations. And you and I have had a relationship over the past. I consider you a leader of the people. You lead by modeling the way. And I say that with true sincerity and, and respect. Could you give us a little bit about your new role at Kohler? Right? I was excited for you. And I think it'd be great for the audience to hear. You bet, Billy. And it's, you know, having mentors like you in the world uh, sure helps. So, and, and I'm excited that I get to speak with you on a regular basis through the AME, which is, is great. But uh, yeah, I just joined Kohler. So exciting for me. I joined Kohler in mid-March as directory of their smart factory. And it's really a new role for both Kohler and me, of course, and uh, focused on executing their global vision on uh, digitalizing plants. So, you know, the seamless visibility, uh, connectivity, and autonomy that we're all seeking. Probably interesting just due to the times that we're in. It's a remote position. So I consider the 60 global plants as my office. And I think a piece that comes back into discussions I've had with Scott in the past, uh, one of the things that really drew me to it was the culture and the ability to work directly with the employees, really augmenting the employees and advancing their skills and allowing for a safer environment and higher quality products and processes and, and efficiency in their daily work. So really everything I love to do all wrapped up into, into the uh, Kohler title that, I, that I'm sitting in now. Mm. Really? So, so Billy, I got to follow up to give you a follow up question to that, because I bet a lot of what she just shared resonates with you and kind of your journey. What, what was your favorite part of that? Culture change. Right. And it goes right back to civility. Mm-hmm. Right? It goes back to the human need. And it's not just and I look at the technical right to change and the cultural right to change. There's two rights and companies that I choose or choose not to engage with are the ones that don't respect the cultural piece of it. And when, when, mm-hmm. as Peggy was speaking, the, tech, the technical right, people can buy equipment. They can invest, give you capital, give you a paycheck, right? And, and then they can tell you, here's what we're going to measure. That's a KPI, key performance indicator. And companies get so caught up in the key KPI that they miss the cultural piece around the KPA, the key performance actions. We have to do these things to get that thing. And so the cultural piece is earning the cultural right. I give you a clean, <laughs> safe place to work respect the individual. And so that's how I relate to it. When I go into industry, I really don't focus on the technical right. I focus on the cultural right. Love that. And I love KPA, key performance actions. I'm going to blatantly steal that from you, Billy. (laughs) Peggy, any follow-up comments from you on what Billy just shared before we move forward? Yeah, no, I, I cannot agree more. This is, you know, as we look at innovation and I think everyone thinks it's technology, it's people. It's people at the end of the day where we're augmenting our humans to do better jobs and have more satisfaction, right? As we as we all sort of fight to employ, right? I mean, we're all struggling to keep employees. And I think it's it's one of the places that we all need to hang our hat. Excellent point. I think uh, this week I read a one of the latest reports around jobs and manufacturing, at least here in the States, I think almost 500,000 openings now 
projected to grow to over 2 million mm -hmm. by 2030. And that's based on a number of different right. factors, both entry level and skilled. So we've got to, we do have our work cut out for us. All right. So let's, you mentioned innovation. Great segue, Peggy. It's like you knew what was coming. So <laughs> the cool thing that, you know, to have repeat guests here, it's, it's really neat to be able to draw on previous conversations and, and you know, what, I, what I've, I'm aware of your career earlier. And as we were talking in the pre-show, you know, Peggy, you've always spoken, you know, there, there's innovation can be this, this cliche. It can be kind of like lean. It can, it can be like a number of different things, but I've always appreciated your real action results, genuine approach to talking innovation and doing, you know, driving innovation. So let's start with that. Let, let's um, first, let's talk wins. I know that you're kind of new in your current role, but I think you're, you, <laughs> you and your team have already had a couple of wins when it comes to innovation. Tell us more. Yeah, I, absolutely. So six weeks in, and uh, obviously it's it's uh, difficult to come back in with grand stories that you you put together over ten years. But that you know, there's been numerous projects that I came into and successes already uh, since I joined the company. So I call them pre me focused on the automation, especially in. Uh, some of the material flow areas. But the initial focus of my team, and um, it's a small but mighty team, is really in the smart factory capabilities or that foundation, right? So we've been focused in, in and-ons and the machine event tracking, work order and quality tracking, OEE, real-time work cell statuses and digital work instructions. And there have been some great successes throughout the company that now I, I get to come in and help them scale to the broader organization. I think that really, you know, some of the things we focused on that are wins that people don't see, again, the technology versus people are aligning the IT solutions and um, really that detailed planning in real time towards the autonomy and collaboration that happens in, in all those production areas. So, so again, I'm excited to join and scale. I'll go back, Scott, to your point on, on glass and, and uh, wearables and um, really augmenting our humans. There are projects going on, and I've been fortunate to um, sit in on those projects at Kohler, uh, really looking at the remote assistance, electronic work instructions, and um, that key topic we just talked about, employee training. So some great stuff happening there at Kohler too. Excellent. And at the, I think augmentation will certainly be one of the themes of 2021 and in the next few years that follow. Uh, Billy, I'm going to share a couple of comments, and then I want to I want to kind of uh, get your take on some of what you heard Peggy just share. Uh, Enrique Alvarez is back with us. And hey, like I said, Billy, you, you formed a fan club in your last appearance. And Enrique says, great seeing <laughs> and hearing Billy Taylor again. Sylvia says, KPA all the way. I love that. <laughs> Shannon picks up on something Peggy shared earlier, that people create technology and utilize it to make great accomplishments. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then let's see, Charles said, hey, we're all connected. Do good every day. I think that goes back to what we we're talking about, the global effort against COVID-19. So Charles, well said there. Uh, and I'm going to save, Clay, I see your announcement. We're going to save that to the end. And we're going to talk about our great associates that some of them that graduated from UGA. So Billy, picking up on what Peggy just shared, what were some of the key things there? Well, a lot of things, and, and, and Peggy emphasized moving toward, right, as I talked about, next generational operations. How do we do business in today's environment? Right? We talked about globalization, <laughs> not globalization. Right. With COVID, the market is right here and America manufactures back strong. And what she's talking about is when she when she says works, work, work sales status, people want to know how they're performing. People want to know the standards. 
And most organizations fail because of four things. There is no standard. They don't know the standard, a poor standard, or we're allowing people not to adhere to a standard. And so when you have that visual work sales status, people become engaged, empowered, and they own what they're doing. And that's the transition with smart technology, getting people's input on those digital work instructions. Because those people do the work. They know it. And that's how you change. The, that's how you continue to involve. Yeah. And definitely what Peggy was talking about, it's really associate focus versus technology focus. It could be it technology has some drive, but it's the people focus that's actually driving excellence. I love that. And and, and going back to your uh, folks who want instant feedback on their performance. Yeah. Uh, I used to have a, 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 a really a mentor of mine that loved to walk through plants and you know meet with the people, kind of go into the gimba and ask them, "Hey, is it a good day or a bad day?" And he knew he he could learn a lot about the culture if they didn't know how to answer that question and didn't know what a good day was or even a, what a bad day was. And that's always stuck with me as I as I, we you know we've toured hundreds of plants since. Speaking of technology, and, and Peggy, I'm about to circle back to you, and, and we're going to talk best practices for leaders that want to get better innovating. Uh, Big Show Bob Bova is with us here today. He says, installing wearables, augmenting workers, there it is again, with voice automation has his company so busy, finding the best input from the frontline people who really know the processes. Going to the Gimba, I love that, Bob. He follows up showing Mm -hmm. the frontliners the capability of the latest tech provides a leap in process automation. Excellent point. And Warren Dixon's with us here today. Good afternoon. Great to have you. Tell us where you're you're tuned in from. And Warren, we'll try to, if we can weave in some advice and tips on new employee training as we work through this uh, hour, we certainly will. Okay, but but speaking of tips and best practices, Peggy, clearly you've got a track record of, of driving real innovation that that really with teams and with the people, and that really hits the bottom line, but also opens up new avenues of the art of the possible. So if if you're if you had the the listening ear, the undivided attention of manufacturing leaders that really just have not figured out their their process at, at really fueling innovation, what what are a couple of things you'd share with them? That's such a great question, Scott. So I think, you know, I'm ashamed to say I actually feel it's quite simple, right? So using the continuous and toolbox improvement toolbox that we already own, right? So some things don't change describing or defining the change that we want to see or the problems that we have, and then getting that clear view of the challenges or the gaps between where we are and where we want to be, right? So I think we all practice and understand problem solving and continuous improvement. And for the way we've looked at it and and the teams I've had, this is just an extension of some of those tools that we already have in place. Of course, there's, there's a little change that comes with it, right? You have to think bigger. And we have to train our, maybe our leadership as well as our culture, uh, not to get weighed down by the bureaucracy, being able to make change or the firefighting, right? If our employees are all busy firefighting, we have very little time to empower them to improve the area that they work in. And then the other one is not knowing where to start. And this is always that place that is a simple answer. Start where you are. Start now start where you are, right? You don't, you don't have to clean your house before the cleaning lady comes, right? It's, it's, we all have a foundation we can start with right now. And then I think I put together 
a list in the past that I've used in audiences, but you know, the do's, so those were the don'ts, the do's really come back to make innovation the new normal and make that through learning and agile organizations, engaging the employees in the innovation, right? Not just 12 people in an office talking about how we're going to become more innovative and, and technically advanced. Engaging the executives that embrace the change, right? There's people that can really pull us forward. And then rewarding innovation. I think we also need to reward failure, right? Failure is something that we haven't had accepted in our environments for a long time. Democratizing our insight gathering. And then finally, again, the simplification of the approval processes that we put in place over the years um, that have supported perhaps the IT side, but not necessarily the OT side. So that's my, my, my simple recipe with my current toolbox and the do's and the don'ts that come with it. Man, I'll tell you what, that is, uh, I'm going to have to go back. And so I can catch up with all the, uh, your checklist there. Cause that's advice, practical advice from someone that's been there and done it. One clarification before I get Billy's take on what, on, on all the, goodness you just shared. You said IT and OT. Is that operational technology? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you have yep, your two teams. Hey, we love our acronyms and and a lot of times I'll get them all wrong. So, but Billy, out of all that, that Peggy just shared, what were some of your favorite items? When, when, when she said the, the recognizing piece and, and she talked about the negative results and, and you, if you create that environment of of fear, failure, people are not going to want to talk about the dead fish or the skunk. They're not going to put it on the table. And what I what she was talking about is how to celebrate the red, how to mm-hmm. embrace the red so you can harvest the green. Right. Because at that point, you should celebrate the fact that you know what the issues are. And, and what I've yeah. learned over time, how do you do that? Right? You create those those platforms so people can be heard uh, without fearing retribution or people coming back or saying something to them or repercussions. I'm sorry. But I, what I've learned is if you celebrate the process also and embrace the individual. When you start just embracing, celebrating the person, they're gonna start creating fires so they can be recognized. But if you if you celebrate them for doing their job, following the process and standard, they become evangelists to get more people to follow the process. Mm. Right. That, that is, I've never thought about that nuance approach because you know sometimes you can, we can all get wrapped up as leaders in the overall rah-rah and positivity of recognition. But Billy, I love how you're talking about we got to recognize the right things for that force multiplier effect of, of good growth. The other thing I love that Peggy shared is, is how inclusive, you know, innovation, strategy, new ideas, all of that should not be reserved for the upper the upper echelons of company leadership. Right. Let's, let's, let's take a big pin approach, big tent approach, rather, and, and really do it with the people and not to the people. Peggy, that's that's one of your key points I heard you make earlier. Absolutely. You said it well. I never hear that, Peggy. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I've got proof now for Amanda behind the scenes here. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to share a couple of comments and then let's see here. And then Billy, we're going to go in a little bit of a more wider, open, broader uh, direction here. Let's see here. Myra Rinker is with us. So Myra, welcome. And thanks for being tuned in via LinkedIn. Want to hear from you. Let us know what you're, you're hearing your key takeaways from this conversation sound like. Bob Bova says, losers quit when they fail. Winners fail till they win. I love that, Bob. Good stuff. Enrique, I totally agree with Peggy. And one of the biggest threats for innovation, in my opinion, he says, is the fear of making mistakes. Organizations from companies to schools have demonized mistakes and failures. Without mistakes, there is no growth nor innovation. 
excellent mm-hmm. point there, Enrique. You both of y'all are shaking your heads. Peggy, do you want to <laughs> comment on that? No, I absolutely agree. I think you know some of the biggest failures I've seen in proof of concepts that we've done have led to some of the largest successes, right? So, but when you're afraid to fail, you never even try. And 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 disruptions, disruption. You, you, sometimes you're going to win. Sometimes you're not. Mm. Love that. And Billy, uh, you and uh, I tell you, you made a big imprint on Enrique. So y'all had a chance to meet in person. Any, any com- follow-up comments you want on what Enrique just shared there? No, he, he's pinpoint accurate when you talk about the fear of failure, right? Or, or the perception of failure. Let's just, 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 just change the ref- that of how people view, how others look at them when they, they think they fail, right? If, if, if failure was the stopping point, we wouldn't be on a Zoom call, right? We're taking electricity. Right. How many tries did it take to get this right? You're right. And that's what I mean by if people are afraid to take chances, to take risks, to step out, to be innovative, then your growth is, is taunted. Mm-hmm. So Enrique yeah. was bang on. You know, and those people, not in a little playful comment, they're probably still using typewriters. That's and, right. And, and probably still driving their Model <laughs> T's. That's right. Abacus. <laughs> Abacus. Yeah. Yes, that's a good one. But of course, all in good fun. All in good fun. Let's see. I want to share this from Luis. Really important topics here. He says, traceability and transparency is essential for supply chains and reliable manufacturing that provides sustainability and fair growth to us all. Yeah, I think we're going to, um, if traceability is not in anyone's lexicon, it certainly will be through the pandemic and in the months to come. So excellent point there, Luis. Hey, Simon, great to have you back. He says, look forward to making mistakes. Look forward, he says, to making mistakes. You've got to crawl before you can be tall. And I think I messed up his rhyming pentamic, uh, iambic pentameter, I think is the, <laughs> is the phrase. I messed that up. And then T-squared, one final comment here, who holds down the fort for us on YouTube. He says, fear can drive, but it can also blind blind folks. So that, that's a great point. You don't want to, you know, Billy and Peggy, you don't want to lead with fear, right? Right. You know, one of the things my mom used to tell my, maybe my siblings, and she had a meaning for fear and it was an acronym. She says, either you can forget everything and run or face everything and rise. Mm. I like that. Good one. Peggy, hmm? any comments around uh, leadership based on fear? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's not the way to lead. I think um, probably the terms I'd bring into it, though, are conflict and tension. And so I've, I've always learned through the process that conflict sometimes has a negative connotation. Tension's a good thing, right? It makes us want to change. It pulls us forward. And so I've always kind of hung my hat on tension versus versus fear. That's an excellent point. You know, our, as I learned this week with our Tahoe, you know, you got to have tension on all those belts that drive that V8 or it doesn't go anywhere. So it is a really great thing for organizations to embrace, right? So, and if you're going to do big things, you're going to have some yep. challenging days and tension-filled days. And and one mentor that once told me a conflict a day is what keeps a doctor away. I, I don't know. Uh, some, <laughs> sometimes that can be good. Uh, sometimes <laughs> tough. But Billy, let's open up the conversation a little bit more. And Where are we going next? Well, when I look at today's global business environment, so Peggy, could you uh, basically expound on uh, some of the current trends, topics, topics or challenges that you're seeing or tracking in industry today? You know, so Billy, I think I'm actually, it's funny because some of your audience, Scott, has uh, put some really good contribution in that really feeds into a couple of that I stay privy to. And um, really probably the, the two that I think are, are critical, and they're probably going to surprise you because it's not AI and all the technology, but training, 
I think that, you know, the industry 4.0 has increased our need for training and employees, both our current employee body and then our future employees coming in need training in order to really extract the maximum value from the investment then we're putting into technology, right? And I think um, the the training piece of it and the planning for how we are going to advance all of these people and upskill them is something that is a pain point. And uh, I, I think the other one that I really focused on as I was pondering the question was supply chain, right? So I think right now we're all in the midst of supply chain crunches. You know, I have a, a problem with my car right now and I can't get the parts for six weeks just because the supply chain has, you know, taken an abrupt slow down for multiple reasons. But I think, you know, I'm watching businesses as they now refocus. And I think actually, Billy, earlier, you used the term globalization, which I've used, I've heard before, right, where we're trying to determine how to expand with the local and the global supply chain so that we have, uh, I'll call it plan B, as we go into any kind of tumultuous times that we're in right now. So, and I know in that process, Technology will play a, a key role, right, in the in the supply chain going forward, both from a resiliency and an efficiency factor. I mean, you, you know, you hear artificial intelligence and machine learning all the way to blockchain-driven ecosystems. But I think that training piece and that supply chain piece are showstoppers if we don't really embrace and have uh, ways to address them, especially in times of pandemic. Excellent point. I love that. And and you know, we're big supply chain nerds here at Supply Chain Now, and you know, not only is supply chain become a massive competitive advantage. In fact, we're even seeing it in filter over into marketing campaigns, right? Informing the consumer. Hey, we don't have supply chain issues like ABC company over here. That's remarkable. But number two, if if you've got to optimize vibrant, robust supply chain and, and, and approach to supply chain management, it opens up the door for so many other options when it comes to other components of global business. So Love what you said there, Peggy. Billy, your takeaway, and then we're going to move forward with Eureka moments, right? Right. And one of the things that I, I see, and I'll lead into it, the lessons learned from the pandemic. You can't just let those evaporate once things go back to supposed normal. There are some key lessons learned on how to do business globally from a local perspective. Leaders have to change the way they think about moving forward, how they're training people, how they're engaging people. I think one of the questions, Scott, that came out on, around training the new employee, the new workforce, and, and I, I recently went through this I think yesterday, it was Lodoto, and it wasn't a Chinese word. It was learn one, do one, teach one. Oh, I love like that. Right. And so the, the new generation are retaining that information because they want that instant feedback, instant engaging. And, and so... That would be my perspective, too, because, right, Peggy, you're right. All those things are going to go to the forefront, but leaders have to embrace the lessons learned through the pandemic. Excellent uh -huh. point. So bef before we talk about Eureka Moments, Billy, I want to share, we've got, we got a slew of comments based on what both of y'all are sharing, and i got to recognize some of these, going back to even the fear. Enrique says, quote, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering, end quote. Hmm. He says, from a very wise philosopher. I want to say that was a Star Wars quote, but I could I, I could be wrong there. <laughs> it's either Star Wars or from the Bible. So uh, what, what are the other? <laughs> Bob Bova says, pressure and time creates diamonds. Excellent mm -hmm. point. I think this is Jeff Puma. Jeff says, fear has its place. It helps us grow individually, but it doesn't have any place in leadership. Great point there. 
Charles Heater says leaders should use failures as an opportunity to educate teams on lessons learned and solidify a successful path forward. Great point. Trenevis uh, is bragging on your technical side discussions, Billy. It sounds like you've got a bunch of great ones. Sylvia says she's teaching her almost 16-year-old grandson how to drive. Now that's fear. <laughs> the fear of teaching him Oma's heavy foot. So Sylvia must get around fast. Let's see. Bob Bova says change management dovetails with training. Expectations for any new integration tech involving people needs to be managed and interactive. And then finally, Peter says, Billy looks like he's coming out of his skin in agreement. Love that enthusiasm. That's one of my favorite parts about both Peggy and Billy. It's real genuine love and enthusiasm for what, for what they do. All right. So Billy, time is fleeting. I can't believe it's already almost a quarter till one, but where are we going next? I've got one more for Peggy. You know, let's talk leadership, right? What has been uh, a powerful eureka moment for you that you had during uh, the pandemic? So, Billy, another great question. And I always feel that I, I'll disappoint in my response because, you know, really, I'm a change leader, right? I love change. And yet one of the aha moments I've had and maybe a greater reminder than a eureka is just basically we always need to be ready to adjust, right? Whether you look at that as having a plan B or don't get too comfortable, or perhaps, you know, the pandemic has introduced even more to that. But, you know, I look at the world now and I look at what COVID's done to our working environments, right? It's increased our remote working, even for companies in the past that were adamant they would never flex or work from home. And, you know, it surged our, ne our network presence, right? And, and at this point, I always like to say thank you to all of those people out there that kept all of my teams and my Zoom functioning seamlessly so that we could continue to do business. Really think expanded the data collection, right? We're a little bit more probably metric-based now because it's 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 the easiest way to determine if we're successful at what we're doing. You know, we've transitioned, uh, the organizations that I've been a part of have transitioned really from designing for efficiency to being designed for resilience, right? We're all this new, in this new concept mode and technology has been redeployed. So, you know, I know with my, with my past employer, Echo, who's a great leading thought provider. They've taken solutions that that they had that were used for machines and brought them to people, you know, contact tracing and localization or beacons or thermal to be able to do temperatures on machines. Now we're doing it on humans, right, as they walk into our workplace. So I think that ready to adjust and the agility to be able to do it quickly and let's bring fail back in here. Sometimes it'll work, sometimes it won't, but then to readjust again to make sure that we're embracing what's been handed to us and making the best of it. And I, and I think that's the greatest, greatest thing I pulled out of the last year. Wonderful. Gosh, Billy, uh, so much there. I'd ask you the same question, Billy, uh, you know, all the conversations you have, all the companies you work with, the the sidebar conversations that we alluded to earlier, what's been one of your favorite Eureka moments from the pandemic? Well, uh, again, piggybacking on what Peggy said, now I have the technology to get people that information, to keep people informed or included. But from a personal side, from a people side, ownership and trust, right? People are now working remote. And so there's a different level of how to influence, right? I can influence, right? I can be charismatic if you're in front of me, but when I'm in front of this screen, it takes a different level of charisma that, that's not going to happen here. But ownership and trust, 
is what was my eureka moment. And in the absence of ownership, people blame. When people don't know what they own, when they don't know what the strategy is, when they don't know how they contribute or what you want them to do, they blame. And so mm-hmm. in the new normal, uh, I think extreme ownership is critical now because the world is never going to go back to the way it was. Right. Right. And so what I've learned is, okay, I'm working from home today. We're, we're doing more business on Zoom. Uh, even when you look at conferences, they're more on Zoom. I've got to trust the person on the other end to do what they're going to do. And I, and they, they have to mm-hmm. own what it is they are supposed to do. So that's what this has been a big eye opener for me. I'm not as influential as I thought I was. Okay. <laughs> well, Eureka. Yes, Eureka. that's right. <laughs> so much. I really appreciate what y'all have shared here today through these first almost 50 minutes. So much practical. I love it when we have a good practical, been there, done that, at the right altitude, uh, altitude conversation. And both of y'all have approached today's live stream just like that. Let's switch gears. Let's talk about, you know, Billy, you were talking about virtual. And we, of course, we can't uh, wrap up a conversation without talking about a wonderful learning and networking and professional development opportunity, which is AME Everywhere 2021. So mm-hmm. for folks that may have rubbed elbows with AME over the years, typically they, you know, plant the conference at a, at a big city. And it's, you know, like last year, AME Toronto 2021. Well, I like how they, they did a little play on that AME Everywhere 2021, the big annual conference. So Question for you both, and Peggy, I'll start with you. What, what's one thing that you're looking forward to to this year's annual conference? Yeah, there's so many things, but probably the top of the list is the networking, right? I think uh, I go in every time and uh, find that I am valued and put that I can bring, and I always go away with more value than I, I came in with, right? So it's such a great sharing environment, networked environment that that expands every time you go in, right? I have a broader network every time I come out of there that's consistent. It stays, right? Those are forever relationships that are driving value back and forth to each other. So that that's my number one. There's so many great things about it, though. Excellent. I can really appreciate that. Billy, how about you? Uh, the practical lessons that you can take away beyond the relationships, and it's no matter what level you are on the journey to excellence from beginning stage to those that believe they're master lean experts. I also say the airport lean experts can benefit, right? You went to the airport, you saw a book on lean, you read it, you landed, you thought you were an expert, right? That's five S. <laughs> so those airport lean experts can gain a lot by going as well. For myself, that's how I learned. Uh, the foundation was AME yeah. conferences, meeting those people, knowing where to go and get the tool I needed to fix the issue I was having instead of a one size fits all. You have a portfolio at AME of, of tools, processes and systems that can help your company. Yeah. Excellent. Huge point. portfolio. Yeah. Uh, agreed. A couple other uh, points to, to share with everybody. So it's 100% virtual, the, the conference we're talking about. So anyone from anywhere can attend, whether you're a member or not. It includes uh, on-demand access for the for what's shared for six months. So a lot of training materials there. I think training is going to be kind of the order of the day for many organizations. Tours and presentations from a variety of leading companies, GE Appliances, which is now part of the Hayer organization, mm-hmm. Pella Windows, Essex Manufacturing, Power Partners, which is kind of a, kind of a, leg- a legendary group uh, based down here in our neck of the woods, Peggy. Big keynotes, Bob Chapman 
and Jim Morgan, which I think was a co-author of the Toyota product development system, I believe. And of course, while all of that programming is pretty much locked in, they're also still taking submittals for tours, virtual tours, presentations, and you name it via uh, ame.org. We've got the conference direct link in the show notes. Y'all check that out. And if you register by, I think June 30th, you get the early bird rate. So, hey, we're big fans of AME. I love the work they do as a nonprofit organization to further industry. But no matter where you are, you can tap in and and take advantage of the networking, as Peggy points out, the portfolio of resources and the library of, of proven best practices, as, as Billy's talking about, and really share, learn, grow, which is in the motto. So y'all check mm-hmm. out. Uh, we love the good work AME's doing. So let me share a couple of comments, and then we're going to make sure folks know how to connect with you, Peggy, and Billy, of course. Uh, Shannon has confirmed it. Yes. That quote from Mr. Enrique earlier was from Master Yoda. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I could place that somewhere. Peter Bolay, we're talking about going fast earlier. He says, uh, Sylvia's comment reminds him when his Omi was in the passenger seat of an MGB at 92 years old with Peter driving her through the country in Quebec. And she was yelling, faster, faster, Peter, faster. I think that's the translation. He says he'll never forget that special moment in time. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I had the good fortune of sitting in the back seat as uh, my brother and I picked up my my grandmother, which is around the, the same generation. And my grandma was in the front seat and, and Clay had the good fortune of driving. And she was giving him the business of how he was driving. And I, I loved it. <laughs> it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> Guillermo says, leaders must create spaces to manage mistakes, to accelerate the learning curve of the entire team. Excellent point there. Yes, sir. Daniel, as a student taking classes now on Lean, this is really interesting. Well, on that note, let's Peggy and Billy, quick pop quiz or, or bonus question. If as students are currently trying to wrap their head around what lean is and, and practical applications beyond AME, is there a book or a resource or what, what would you advise there? And Billy, let's, let's maybe start with you. Uh, as, as a student, I, I start with one, the typical Toyota way just so you can get a framework of what it is, right? Now, be mindful, you're not working at Toyota. So there's different circumstances for which Toyota rose to prominence that doesn't exist in your workforce. And so that's a good starting point to get your mind around the buzzwords, the acronyms, and all those things that when you're sitting around someone, no matter what level you're at, you can understand the lingo. Yeah, excellent point there, Billy. Peggy, anything you'd offer? No, I absolutely agree with Billy. And then I would say, read it, but then find a mentor, someone who can coach and um, ask you the right questions so that you can live it and transfer it to others. So yeah, absolutely. Great point. Both of those uh, great reads and, and great best practice. Find that mentor. Hey, Nick, great to see you here today. Nick Rumor, I uh, hope this finds you well. Let's see here. Mervin is with us from Dublin. Mervin, hope this finds you well. I've enjoyed our social exchanges. And then finally, Charles Heater says Supply Chain Now provides a refreshing platform. It's like a it's like a Coca-Cola beverage <laughs> for anyone looking to engage in full product lifecycle education and perspectives. Hey, Charles, appreciate that. Really appreciate that. Okay. Well, let's make sure folks know how to connect with we're we got two fan clubs now, one for Billy and one for Peggy. Peggy, let's start with you. <laughs> how can folks connect with Peggy Gulick? Yeah, I think uh, the easiest way, Scott, is on LinkedIn, and I'm literally just listed out there as Peggy Gulick. So, wonderful. 
And y'all make sure to follow or connect with Peggy. Great. A lot of great content and, and thought leadership. And Billy, same question for you. How can folks connect? Uh, again, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is, is, is my source of choice. I sit down in the evenings. That's how I decompress some days. And I love interacting uh, with the last session we had. Uh, I had several interactions with people that were on the uh, live stream. So LinkedIn. That is wonderful. That's that's worth the price of admission. I really appreciate you sharing. You know, it's, it's good to it's good to um, blessed are the connectors, right? We're all searching for something, and and it's good to to hear some of the sidebar conversations that come out of these live streams. Uh, folks, want to share one more time before we uh, thank Peggy and Billy for their time. Check out this other great professional development opportunity, May nineteenth and twentieth. See Chuck work and a virtual tour of Project Verts. So y'all check that out. The link to learn more is in the show notes. Okay. Well, big thanks today. What a great conversation. Big thanks to Peggy Gulick with uh, Kohler. Peggy, it's, it's, it's great to reconnect with you once again and kind of share your perspective with, with everyone here. Time goes so quickly with you, Scott. I love this time. So thank you. Oh, I appreciate it as well. And, and we'll have you back. Appreciate your service as well. You and Billy both as, you know, being board members is time consuming and time is really valuable. So I, I appreciate taking time out of your leadership endeavors to, to give back. So thanks so much. And Billy, man, what a pleasure to have you serve as a guest co-host here with me. I've learned a ton. In fact, I might be writing a book just from what I've learned from both of y'all in short order, microwaving that manuscript. But uh, congratulations on the news you shared on the front end. It doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, and I look forward to what's a great read, but really appreciate sitting beside you here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me and, and a great audience. I love the audience participation and Peggy, all the awesome. best. Great having you on here with Scott and I. It was great engaging with you. Same, awesome. Billy. It was so much fun sitting with you. So on that note, big thanks, of course, Billy Taylor, Peggy Gulick. Thanks to Amanda and Clay and Natalie, all behind the scenes that really helped make production happen. Huge thanks to all the great comments and, and, and some of the questions we got via the cheap seats. Really appreciate that. Hey, most importantly, y'all check out AME Everywhere. We get every, AME Everywhere 2021. It's a unique name. Got to get that right. We got the direct link in the show notes. But most importantly, do good. Give forward. Be the change that's needed. Be just like Peggy Gulick and Billy Taylor. And on that note, we'll see you next time right here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.